Hey everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef program from the creators of Read and Weep. We are here with the finale of the All-Stars season. I'm Alex. I'm in Los Angeles with Megan. Hi, Megan. Hello. Sorry, I got you in the middle of your toast. Yeah, I'm, I'm eating breakfast. Um, Sorry, I, sh- I should be paying attention. Toast, <laughs> Megan, toast, toast. You know. <laughs> are you going to give a toast or just eat some toast? Um... You could just say cheers. <laughs> this bread was crunchy. It cheers was crumbly. Cheers to bananas and peanut butter. Ah, a marriage uh, made in heaven. I was trying to think of a joke. Didn't get one. Anyway, um, thanks for joining me. Um, also with us today. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Also joining us today um, in Northern California. It's Ezra and Sarah. Cheers. You too. Cheers. And cheers. Moana again. Yeah. Yeah, and Moana. Uh, I, I wish uh, someone someone let us know what we watched the most of during uh, during the show. I'm I definitely so feel like I've seen Frozen the most. Yeah, it was, yeah, Frozen, it was Frozen two. two. Frozen two. Yeah, yeah. Wait, I thought you. Uh, sorry, the way you said that, I thought you were saying someone told you no. that you were watching Frozen two the most during the show, and I was like, and then what happened? <laughs> I was like, oh no, you want to know? <laughs> yeah, someone tell us. I know nothing. <laughs> I'm sure, I could go back and run the data, but you can always check uh, topchefstats.com, see if they've updated with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's this weird thing where we, like Chris and I, watched Frozen two right before we started watching Top Chef as a group, and so really the amount this that year, you, this yeah, year. yeah, like this year. So like it's a very exciting thing to be hearing snippets of a movie I actually have context for because there was a large period of time where people kept talking to me about Frozen two and I hadn't seen it. So it's oh, great yeah. to like catch up and then have it reinforced by like your background yeah. situation. We haven't seen it yet, and I'm sort of feeling like maybe I've been persuaded. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, here's the, yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> there's there you know, there's Frozen One no season. No longer which is, persuaded. No, it's like I don't know. It's like there are some really good songs in it. I don't know if on the whole it's great, uh, mm. but like it's got issues in both senses of that phrase. Yeah, mm. uh, but like it's. I think it's really, I mean, I guess my, 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 my thing about it, and we could do an episode on it later if we want, but like, I think it's really interesting if you just sort of like say like, look, this is very much like, a, um, uh, about Elsa, like trying to come out, uh, and, and sort of like the, the ramifications later down the line uh, of when oh, you without are, a doubt. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah, and that, that's, I think that, that, that's, that's, yes. that, that, and I think that's, that's the interesting thing where it's like that, that like, like you come out and then like, then there's like. That doesn't just you don't get like a happily ever after like down the line uh, it just just right away. I think I, that's that's kind of the interesting part of it. And also there are some bangers and it's on like uh, on, on the soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Well, your faint praise has officially made me uninterested in this movie now. Well, it's all right. I don't know because I, I know you, you. Your level of enthusiasm for mediocre and better properties as is so high that this level of this is a this is you being furious at a terrible thing. No, no, Alex, if I had watched had... it like a million <laughs> times. <laughs> If I, yeah, that'll like, change you on anything. Yeah, I was disappointed to begin with, and I got less disappointed. I think it's just I was very my expectations were a bit higher on it. I guess. To begin with. All right, we'll and come back to I Frozen Two in the, the future. Yield and like pointed adult conversation about this film is is high enough that like watching it is kind of worth it. Like because then oh. you can really just like have a bunch of like chin in hand discussions about Frozen Two, which kind of feels good. Okay, yeah. that does, God, no, I'm maybe back I'm in. just a terrible person. That's no, also you got totally me 100 on that one. Here's um, your, here's the thing I've always thought is like if a movie <laughs> can inspire that level of discussion and analysis, it's an inherent. It's a good movie, even yeah. if it does things wrong. If it makes you want to talk about it, it's success. That's true. Oh, that's it makes so you beautiful. Different. I love that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I like that. Ton. Speaking yeah, of Tuscany, it has, it has <laughs> taken over the first five minutes of our Top Chef podcast on Hi, um, we're an episode with the most to talk about. Anyway, um, <laughs> let me finish rounding out this panel. Joining us today from Brooklyn, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, guys. Hey, hey. Uh, are you sure you don't want uh, nuts? Any candy nuts? Uh, what do you want? Oh. <laughs> Oh man, she was like the hardest like uh high pressure salesman for literally every product in that store. Which like yeah, that pushes on all my buttons, but I was just I was wonderfully uh delighted to see that Melissa's console was locked and was not pushable. Like none of her buttons were accessible. She didn't care at she all. Had a beautiful protective cover of self-confidence over every button and I was like, "Wow, that's not me. I would have pressure cooked some octopus like 10 hours ago." <laughs> <laughs> this she is, was so she did such a perfect job of ignoring Leanne and this and is the getting, point uh where Sarah and I realized that we didn't actually see the first 15 minutes of the episode. We, were, what? We, were, we forgot. We were gonna watch it before we recorded, and then we completely forgot because we, we missed it. Yeah, we were like stream we were trying to like stream it basically live, like uh for my uh, dad's like uh, uh, oh, uh that I totally understand. And we just never went back to <laughs> anyway. Feel free to make stuff up. Yeah, um, in the same way that Brian Malarkey had a lot of ideas and Leanne edited him down, Leanne had a lot of ideas and Melissa was having none of it. And so. it bounced off Melissa yeah. like she was pure nonstick. It was delightful. Yeah. Um, also joining us today around at the panel in Los Angeles, also it's new Sarah and Kyle. Hey, guys. Salute. Salute. Uh, <laughs> so good. Glad to have everybody here. We were talking about season 17, episode 14, Finito. The closing episode, the final episode of Pack Your Mic season of, of Top Chef season seventeen of the uh, All Star season, we, we we got we have a winner. We have a winner to discuss. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit of pre challenge, you guys, um, because this had a bunch of really cute and interesting stuff before the yeah. uh, in, in the middle so of the much cook. Cute. Hey, so much. Uh, Papa Tom wants you to check out this oven. You know. Oh. Tom oh, in Tom that hat. hat. Oh, cooking yeah, outside. Tom, I, I don't think heart. I actually said this, but I did have in my heart. I had a bold prediction that Tom would like change his hat game. I sort of thought maybe he'd go hatless, which he initially did, which was shocking. Yes. Yeah, in um, the rain too. He could yeah, use the hat. He was waiting on that Tom terrace for like, hours. Tom was like blue sky solutioneering a hat concept for Italy that just really did it for me. <laughs> yeah, the big oversized <laughs> floppy beanie that just looks kind of weird on his on his little I, head. I, I was into it. I don't I know just... if I would have liked it in every situation, but pulling something out of an outdoor wood oven was oh, a perfect yeah. time for that hat. Oh yeah, rustic Tom. Like, could you imagine Tom walking out of the shadows in the first Italy episode wearing that hat instead of... <laughs> no, 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 because I would be like, wait, why are you channeling that horrible man from the hills? Like, why are we suddenly in, like, the era of slouchy beanie that just makes me want to, like, crawl into a hole? But slouchy no, this yeah, was no, between... we, had to, we had to be warmed up by wide brims to be ready for a slouchy beanie moment. I think you're exactly right. This was... So, but this was... be This is after they did one day of cooking, but before the second day of cooking... And it was the perfect, it, uh, like of all the times judges cooked for chefs, it was the perfect reveal of them yes. where they were just told there was dinner. Then Tom appears on the porch as you're walking up and then you open the door to find Padma and then you walk through that room to see Gail cooking. It's just, it was just a, I mean, I, like my heart each time uh, it was just, it was incredible. It's like, and it they seemed like- pretty surprised it was what the afterlife w- i wanted to be basically it's where it's like you see the yeah. people who mean a lot to and that they're just taking care place. of you that, that was just like oh man this is it this is this is it's like i feel like i'm transitioning to like to, to yeah the, the yeah we might be dead we might all be dead 
It's a joy elevator. And you're like, and on this floor, it's popping <laughs> glasses. And on this floor, it's Gail doing dessert. And like, you're That's just, so oh, every good. time. Is oh, this what the shack there. really was? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are all different kinds of God. <laughs> oh, man. If the shack was just a story of how they found like really great chefs alone in the woods waiting to make you dinner, I would be more persuaded by it. That's that's yeah. my that's my now textual reading of this. Yes, I like that. Um, wow, deep cuts then, on the shack, and then we like. <laughs> just, which, even though I know what you're, even though I know you're talking about the book, I keep thinking Shaquille O'Neal is going to be so disappointed in this conversation. <laughs> he could have been there. It was all yeah. There's, it's all different forms of Shaquille O'Neal. And then, like, as if the joy elevator could not go any higher, they were uh, like, you switch to the second tower. And you got on the other elevator, and it was wait, wait, wait. Kristen hey, Alex, Kitts on the phone. Do we miss anything by uh, just for as in Sarah's benefit and also our audience? Well, yeah, we're going to go minutes. back to all of that. But since okay, we're talking okay. about this okay. first, I'm just going to finish this up, and then we'll go back to talk about the beginning of the episode. But then um, Kristen Kish on the phone. Oh my god! Oh my god! And Michael, mm. you guys. Well, Michael, 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 who also is now a robot, who's just like, "Hey, man, what are you up to?" Like, and I don't you know, know. you're currently working <laughs> oh, yeah, on it. Yeah. What's happening tomorrow? Do I even know? Do I care? Oh, yeah. I guess that sounds good. I mean, I'm just proud um, of you. Yeah. Yeah. Just cook cook a meal, man. <laughs> yeah. Whereas Kristen's like, my best friend. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm so proud of you. Like, and, oh. like the mystery reveal where she's like, yes, I knew it. I knew it. And it was, yeah. so, it was so good. It was so uh, delicious. Yeah. I love that they were allowed to tell people it was the finals, which I don't think they often do normally it seems like they can't say anything about where they are they've been gone for so long at that point and it feels like they didn't have the transition period that they've had in past seasons right they just like went straight to italy so imagine if you are like Kristen kish and you're like where's my best friend stephanie i miss her so much and then like three weeks later she calls and she's like guess where i am i know it's 3 a.m your time (laughs) i'm in italy Oh, that's amazing. I also, it was so interesting when uh, Melissa called her mom and I was like, I feel like there's a chance they fly the families out, in which case mom probably has a super tight crop on her face for a reason because you don't want to know that you're not a normal background. You might be in a hotel background. Yeah. And then I was like, no, you're getting too excited. Stop. Stop thinking that. (laughs) I was saying, like, having, having, trying to keep a secret because like a parent is tight cropped uh, on a, uh, like a, a FaceTime is like, that is the best person to do it because they will never not be tight cropped on that, right? It will always be like just straight yeah, up. Yeah, you can nose. always ascribe it to parent stuff and not <laughs> yeah. to like I have so a secret from you, my child. Mm-hmm. But I just I imagine like the delay on the calls for the other two people were like well, that's noticeable. You know, we're doing a video call across on, on an undersea cable, and with hers, it was just like, "Mom, how did you pick up so fast? Aren't you asleep?" <laughs> and her mom, her mom is like two doors down in the same hotel. That's <laughs> great. <laughs> Mom's just like, yeah, there's like an Italian flag just like draped over her and like um, <laughs> yeah. just pizza and pasta everywhere. Like, She's just like, chicken's like, next to her in yeah. the hotel bed. It's <laughs> <laughs> weeping uncontrollably, just so Someone happy. Is carne in the background, Mom? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's our new doorbell. It says <laughs> uh, But and her just talking about how proud she was. Oh, it was so good. Oh, so, so beautiful, you guys. Yeah. I, this episode from beginning to end, I just, I like, I was feeling it. I felt it. I kept feeling things so many so many good good it was a good good finale but let's rewind to to the part to catch uh as and sarah up you guys so um first up uh the chefs uh, get breakfast and a letter that says meet us on the terrace the terrace when you're done eating so padman tom had been standing in the rain on the terrace for some number of minutes uh, possibly (laughs) hours they didn't eat they didn't touch yeah they definitely did not eat they had a beautiful breakfast spread that they looked at slightly rearranged and then went outside 
I figure they're just all butterflies all the time. Oh yeah, for sure. To everything, yeah, for sure. Um, where so outside, um, Padma does a couple of things. First up, she pronounces Stephanie's last name Smar. Yeah, for some reason. What? Um, possibly have, because have the right heard... one, and I've been wrong this whole time. But also yes, possibly well, not. This is what we were wondering because, like, we said we've been saying Seymour for years, and I thought so that she introduced herself as Stephanie Seymour. But me too. Maybe Smar is the Italian pronunciation, and and Padma's like in her mm. Italian brain. Uh, or we've just we've just been Berenstein again. <laughs> yeah, we could have been. It could have happened. You know, <laughs> fun fact: uh, Smar is very close to the Danish word for butter, which is small. So, like, it's that's like that's a good chef name. I'll say it's like Chef Butter. Mm. It's no yeah. Chef Tasty. <laughs> yeah, tasty. It's essentially, Chef Tasty all over. But again. also, we're not there. We're in Italy and or Boston, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah um that might be a stretch um and then we also learn after that we also get uh padma explaining the challenge today which is four courses no twists just a progressive meal yeah um and the classic make this the best meal of your life uh, and that's it um then our good friend who's been a loyal friend all season giant knife block arrives yes they have done so much work. They and you they had to check that on a ba- on a flight to to Italy. That's an expensive bag. That yep. 200 pounds knife block they brought with them. But so I love good. to see it. And uh that was for picking you drew knives to get to pick your sous chefs. Uh, Stephanie picked first and chose Malarkey. Yeah. The second time once. there's been a choosing and she and he's been picked first. I mean, right? I, I like yeah. that she was like, I fell in love with him during Restaurant Wars. I just thought Absolutely. that was so sweet yeah. and lovely. She knows they work well together. I mean, uh, yeah, I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as he never accidentally opens his notebook to the list of chefs by no, talent. Well, he just told her in person. He, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't need to, like, leave his burn book out. He was just straight up like, I thought you were going to go home months ago. <laughs> <laughs> And she laughed and she's like, I know I'm an underdog. I actually thought that was like a really charming moment because I was like, well, that's very malarkey. I I would not personally have started my car convo that way. But it was an aggressive opening that paid off. But they both like, but they were so friendly about it and so on the same page. And like Stephanie's been really proud of the fact that like she's the underdog of this competition. And I actually thought yeah. that was a really nice moment. Yeah, Padma also in the very opening of the show was like talented chef one, talented chef two, and underdog Stephanie Smar. Mm, well, they yeah. said she's been called the yeah, underdog. Yeah, right. So, that's classic way wiggle out of that. And I, I think she's officially the chef with the least ego but still confident that i've ever yes. seen on this show that's such yes. a good point the yeah. the combination of low ego and confidence is rare and is so is really cool to see she's I, so a, wonderful yes yeah i mean charming all the time um and did not win fan favorite right oh i didn't even look at who won uh, yeah. I, I don't i don't know who won. won but i know um that the last two people um, that people are voting on were Melissa and Brian Voltaggio. Yeah, I so, um, knew that too, but I didn't know who took it. Oh, the people. Oh. The people chose poorly. I mean, like... The st- announcement is not... Wait, eh, nope, it doesn't I think, say. I think, I, think, I think it was Melissa. I probably was Melissa. Yeah, I think it was Melissa. From what I'm, from this article, it looks like it's Melissa. Interesting. Um, Why which is she said hard she would to donate. find? And yeah, she's donating to... Yeah. Yeah. 
I will reiterate that I think fan favorite should be given to a not winner just because yes. um, I it would just be nice. Um, and also because Stephanie said in there when they were hanging out, she's like, I'm just trying to win fan favorite, which is so funny um, that I was disappointed to find out when that aired. She'd already been eliminated from contention. But um, I mean, Melissa was also our favorite. So it's fine. I just I, I, I just like the idea that there's an award that's like you win the show for miscongeniality. It, yeah, it's like this is your best at being on a reality show prize, and I, I think it would be hard to say that somebody other than Stephanie deserves that. This well, when we discussed this earlier in the season, uh, I, I, I think you went back through it, and it was a lot of people who were also winners, and that it's like, like half a, and half winner and not winner. It seems like a weird trend for Top Chef to be like, yes, our favorite is the one who wins. We want the best. Yeah, and choose nothing other than As winners. Fans, we choose the best. Yeah, there's we something robotic the best. about like, well, they were the best one, so we picked them. <laughs> like, oh, but it's right. also it is voted on by the audience, so I guess as an audience, we're just not doing like nuanced decision making. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. It's on us. Um, yeah, it, it's about half and half. Um, um, with like, yeah, Kelsey also was was a fan favorite and winner last year. Uh, but on season 15, when Flam won, uh, uh, Fatima was the fan favorite. And that is a well-awarded prize. And also Sheldon on Brooke Williamson season, oh, which is a good Sheldon. prize. And Isaac Toops on Jeremy's oh, season. Man. So. Oh, Cajun, Cajun Man 3000? Sheldon was fan favorite on 10 and 14. Good for him. Wow, Repeatedly favorite. Yeah, still still, still loved. Um, also, around now is when... Um, when Padma said that uh, Melissa has won more challenges than anybody in the history of Top Chef, which I was a little uh, surprised by and had to go. I had to. It took some work to figure out what she meant. You were checking the math. Yeah, because Paul won um, more challenges than she did on his season that he won. He won nine to her seven this year. But she also won two on a previous season. Oh. So she's tied with him for elimination challenge wins. But she has won more quick fires than he did. So she is like by like one. So she is like 14 to 13 more challenges won than Paul. But she did it in twice as many episodes. So it's just kind of a strange uh, award yeah. to give Paul her right there. Winning is not single season. Yes. But Melissa yes. has won more challenges than Anybody. But it's kind of a weird prize where it's like you have to lose a season in order to have an eligibility for most wins. You it's know? not a prize. It's just a statement about what she's done so far. I don't necessarily feel glad that you fact checked this to death. <laughs> well, I just thought it, it, just, it was kind of an interesting way to introduce it where it's like it just feels like if you have to stretch a compliment to make it real. It's just there's so many great things you could say about Melissa. And that one just feels like a well, stretch. Okay. So why I, do that? If this was sports, they do have people who are like, you know, they have the coaches who are the, you know, the, have the most wins and they also have like the biggest win percentage. It's a different stat. I'm okay with it's it. True. It's true. That also, that's true. The amount, of days, stat, the amount of days someone spends on the International Space Station, the same. Like there's people who were just <laughs> never going to be there for that long. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I am so. currently not winning that prize. I am <laughs> behind on that competition. Um, That's a good point. That's a good point. I just thought it was was just an interesting statement because it was, it just seemed like it was not true. And there's so many, I just think there's better compliments you could say for her than that one. I, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from her. I just think that's a weird one. Like that's a weird thing to give her. I give Um, it to her. (laughs) She gives, she deserves everything. Moving on. Yeah. If you were watching it and you were like, that sounds wrong. Now you can understand how they got there. Um, all right. So anyway, um, and then Brian wrote in his book, 
a thing that is not true that he will win this show. So um, maybe it's a little late, but I'm, I've written down in my notes that I'm going to win this podcast. Oh. Nice. Seems like it's not going to happen now. The no, crowd Frozen 2 already won. <laughs> <laughs> they had more appearances. All right. Um, so we're getting into the challenge now. Four course progressive meal of your life. No twists. One hour and a thousand pounds to shop in a Florence. We're on a long drive to a Florence food place. Wait, to a, a thousand pounds? A thousand euros. Uh, euros so sorry. Mm. Euro. Uh, yeah, you have the euros. wrong currency to shop in Florence. <laughs> Good luck with this, <laughs> guys. So sorry. Good luck going to the money exchange. Um, anyway, uh, they were in like just a, a, a large market, but they dr- it, was, it seemed like a long drive to get to a, a market to do their shopping and also a lot of money. Interesting. Just an interesting um, I mean, setup I feel to like it. for all of the produce that they were able to like see and experience and, and select, it was worth it. And it's, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. if you're it's doing cool. an Italy episode and there's an iconic food market, why not like take a little drive? Also, I liked that the, the portions of this were sort of spaced out. So you had like a day of shopping, a day of prep, a day to cook. Like, I don't know. Oh, I, I, thought, I, really, I thought shopping and the true. first prep were the same day. Were they the same day? I, I so. It felt like they were all spaced out, but maybe I'm a just... long day if it was that. Yeah. But, but uh, It seems like a long day to have the drive and the... But we did have wonderful moments in shopping, like where Stephanie's like, I'm looking for the veal of my dreams at the counter. She looks over, sees veal, and her jaw drops. And then like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, really good. And then... And then... Uh, <laughs> and then as a Sarah, you, you missed out on... Um, uh, on Leanne wearing a bacon and eggs scarf, um, wandering around the market, offering to help buy literally everything she saw. So she was just. Do you need cilantro? Do you need cilantro for anything? I got cilantro. Do you need, okay, no. do you need nuts? Have you tried? Thought about candied any walnuts? You're not going to candy walnuts. Sorry. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pressure cook the. I, I pressure cook an octopus. Perfect. It's great. You know how I read uh, this though it was like so. Gregory was there. Gregory was, right. as Padma acknowledged, on deck to be the other sous chef for this, so they didn't have to fly anyone else out to Italy. Gregory's back gave out, and he took well-deserved rest, and then they're like, we brought in Leanne, and I'm like, going through my mind, I'm like, was Leanne still in Los Angeles, just like in holding, because that's how you do reality TV, or had she gone back to Hawaii? Either way, she was not in Italy, so I wonder how much lead time she had to get there. So I saw oh, that as like... Much jet lag. Plane crazies. Yeah, she had the plane <laughs> crazies. And she was like, I'm going to be so helpful, helpful and present. No, it's true. Like, After every I, international flight, I try to give people candy nuts. That's, this is straight up. You've tried to pressure cook me? I'm going to like give you all my recipe tips. I just, I saw that as her being like, I'm going to be the most supportive. I'm so excited to be here and to help her out. I'm really like amped. And then it just like... It, turned into this like insane like <laughs> i want to make sure you don't forget cilantro where are the nuts let me throw an octopus at you that is very possible um the 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 one in the, about the octopus pressure cooker was in the car where melissa mentioned she was going to do um, oh that's true the octopus ca- um yeah not this does not undermine anything you said but she um um for her antipasti melissa said she was going to make an octopasti mm. and um yeah and then leanne suggested the pressure cooker which i it, it's like if you were doing a quick fire, probably a, a reasonable suggestion, but just like seemed so out of place for Melissa's thinking. And she just it's she's just unfazed. She was just like, interesting. Cool. Yeah. So, nice. So we, awesome, we actually cool, great, that's exactly the part that we came in when she was like unfazed by the pressure cooker suggestion. But then, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but it kind of seemed like when she was cooking the octopus later, she was using a pressure cooker. No. I didn't Ooh, notice that. I didn't see 
I didn't Maybe. see that. But also, I know that the octopus based on diameter alone were not, quote unquote, the little ones you get from Whole Foods. Very so I'm true. sure yeah, something yeah. had changed. That's I mean, a good it wasn't. Point. She was and, also and suggesting cooking an octopus is, didn't exist. Yeah, and pressure cooking is still a very valid way to cook octopus. It's not that. It's just. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. It's just yeah. not what she was doing, going for for her. Yeah. Octopasty. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah, all I have written down about it is just that it is char sweet glazed it does not actually say how it was cooked um interesting uh so then after their um day of shopping and and possible other day or possible same day of prep and then hanging out that we mentioned before they uh, are presenting our four course meals um what are your i guess what is what jumps out at you right away about the the preparations of the menus uh, about their choices about the about the cooking part portion I, I did like that Brian's long, dark night of the perceived lack of soul really uh, <laughs> very good. Like made him stronger and made him very determined and did not create sort of this like weird, like I'll question myself too much vacuum. Like he absolutely he actually, like he was like, I'm I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to smack you in the face with like all the soul that I know I've had this whole time. And I, I thought that was really it was really heartening to see. And it was and really fun to see it show up in his food. And then the table judge's table said, you absolutely have a heart. You you are correct. And then he flew back to Kansas. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I was trying to get there. <laughs> this, yeah, this all did have like this, like almost like children's storybook quality of like these three heroes, like come to the table all with their own thing that they need to figure out about themselves. And each of yeah. them comes away like having like really like built this like beautiful confidence in the thing that they were most like needing. And, yeah in like coming to this challenge and everybody cooked great pasta and everyone cooked great pasta in italy which is just like one of the finest things you can do <laughs> yeah they they slew the chewy pasta dragon i wonder if they, in the future like all therapy could just be a reality tv show like if there'll be enough need for bravo programming that that that's that's enough spaces where it's just like if you got a problem you just... a tough week <laughs> 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 um do you, it almost felt like to me it was worth it how what a bummer this was last week to maybe like shake him up and make him think about his meal a little differently than he would have otherwise and then it worked so well like i don't it was still sad and i don't wish that on people but i did feel like it was such a good outcome that i'm like maybe that was what had to happen to him yeah well it was just it's the thing he's lost three times and i i didn't watch the master season they've been referencing Mm -hmm. the whole time but like it's just one of those things where he is a great chef because he's gotten to that point. But you, if you go up against Melissa, who's just like a buzzsaw of ideas and great dishes, sometimes you just can't get past that, even though you're one of the few people good enough to do this for three months and get to that point. Like that is still an achievement. It's just hard if someone's just like peaking in a different way. Absolutely. I, I said last week, I, th- I still think that Brian's accomplishment is the, the most impressive on the history of the show. And also just wasn't his year, man. You're just you're going up against someone who's putting out Michelin star food in an hour and a half repeatedly. Like you're it's just not it's not going to happen this year, man. It seemed, it seemed like kind of like some of the other like, I guess, like like NBA greats who are like peaking at the same time as Michael Jordan, where it's just like you're not totally. getting past him. But like you are fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You just never had a ring. Yep. You just any other group of teams you might have had it, just not this year, not these guys. Yeah, that's I, that's a good. 
I think it's a good metaphor. Um, uh, I also just like watching them put together their menus. I had, I felt like early on, I was like, I, it just feels like, like Melissa, in addition to cooking this brilliant food, just has a, has a coherent story and idea for her menu that the yes. other two don't quite have. And it's, and like, even though they were making, everybody was making amazing food, she was like, she was off script. Like no, she was making new food that people have never heard of. And, and it was, it was really impressive. The, the, the dessert using the Hong Kong milk tea and a tiramisu oh. is just so, such a beautiful idea. And it sounds so delicious. I want that so bad. I was like angry. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I, I mean, I've always loved when the majority of the show is about the cook and like, yeah. they're just, there's just so much more time to see the yeah, process. See everything so come and together. to get to see her be like, we got to make an extra tiramisu because I need to taste it. And then to yeah. kind of do this, like let's wait overnight and see if the cookies get squishier and then they don't. And then, okay, we got to do it again like just all of that like narrative is so fascinating and it just goes to show like everything that's happening behind the scenes like these like thousands of tiny decisions that have to be made and it's and i don't know made, it's so much more satisfying to see it all come together on the first cook she made an extra tiramisu so they could eat it all whole and know before they served it what it tasted like and she checked it the night before and knew this is like the last possible moment we could change our minds and then they did and even though it like stressed leanne out it was able to they were able to pull it off and it was perfect that's so impressive to watch that was I, really cool i was re- i was really surprised at the impact that tiramisu had because like it seemed like a great idea but when you look at like the dessert it looked like a normal tiramisu it was like presented yeah. in, like a very traditional way so like i can only, i have to imagine it tasted spectacular to bring people to tears Cause like, I mean, okay, it brought Dario to tears. Dude probably <laughs> cries once an hour, you know? Let's like, not downplay this. I thought that was an extremely moving no, moment. No, it, it was. Incredible it was. He just, it was so if good. anybody's going to start weeping at the table, it's probably And, and then his friend came and hugged him. Oh, and I, I know. And I yelled, Matt crying, because that will always <laughs> make me cry. Oh yeah, yeah for oh, sure. Yeah. It, was, it was great. I cried I just, a bunch of yeah, times. Yeah, it felt like I guess also because it felt like it snuck up on him as he was like talking about the dessert. That's he true. suddenly was yeah. like so moved. Okay, and, I'm like, proven wrong. Like All right. It's a combination yeah. though of like the tiramisu tasted perfect, but also it was the perfect tie to tie up of this four course progression that was combining these two cultures that don't get a lot of combined play and so it was like it was such a brilliant combination of the two of two cultural flavors in the story that she was telling i think the combination of the story and the meal and the taste of the tiramisu is what brought him to tears a man wearing i believe 42 italian flags i want i want to say that that there's no proven link between how much meat you regularly cut and how like your propensity to crying so i don't think they should have made as big of a deal as like and he's a butcher and he's crying anyone can cry everyone has tear ducts as far as i know I agree. Uh, I agree. And it does seem like maybe his personality is more towards that than other butchers, perhaps even. But just but when Tom said the big butcher was crying, like it was such a great moment. Size also does not matter for tears. I think arguably the bigger you are, the bigger your tear ducts are. Very, very possible. (laughs) Anyone can cry. (laughs) I I agree. I'm I'm all for normalizing crying. Let's talk about Dario, though, for a bit. So first of all, (laughs) when they meet him, he yells... La Toscana. So we find out he doesn't just yell the word carne. He yells all words, <laughs> which is great. He's wearing. He also his does clo- locations. <laughs> <laughs> he, 
he is wearing a suit made of flags and then 15 flag lapels decorating his jacket. Um, I think it was a vest. I a vest, had, yeah. It was, it was a, a vest, t- and then his shirt had little cows on it because he's a butcher. <laughs> yes. And he um, it, he kept injecting, like, bonkers sentences. While people, like, people would eat, and they would, you know, there's like 10, 12 Michelin stars at this table, and everybody's like, right, and Oh, this is this is delicious. And then you'd cut to him and he'd be holding both plates above his head. Oh, he, the, he showing there was every no plate clean. It was so good. It just felt like it felt like 10 super serious chefs brought their crazy friend and then put him at the <laughs> okay. end of the table. He was there was no one sitting near him yeah. either. He was on did, the end floating did, by himself. Did someone not show up or <laughs> did he get added late? It was like him and the food line EIC who are at the end of the table, far away from Tom, you know, just like like, no shade to the food and wine EIC. But like that is one of the worst ties I've ever seen in my life. I I wish I'd noticed this tie. An execrable tie. Like I just couldn't. (laughs) Every time I looked at him, why did you do this to me? It was just like, you know, 1994 threw up on a tie and then like a boardroom (laughs) in 1994 threw up on a tie. Where Like a lot of like sexist decisions were made, you know, like just like one of those ties. Anyway, Um, sorry. I just had to. So this is just in case people didn't catch EIC went by really fast. That's Hunter Lewis, the food and wine editor in chief. Yeah. Mr. Lewis, I mean no disrespect, but choose a different tie next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So just also just around some of the other judges, um, there's uh, a a French chef who's uh, the chef of Mirazar, and uh, I looked up his uh, restaurant online, and according to their website, they have a rotating menu based on the biodynamic lunar calendar. I bet it's dope. Oh my gosh. I'm sure it's dope. I've never heard that. That's a fascinating Biodynamic, that is a that is a term you hear a lot in wine and the fanciest farming there is. Yes. It involves a little yeah. bit of witchcraft. It's great. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's great. Slightly witchcrafty meal. And then um Claire uh Smythe or Smith, Smith. with a Y. You can just say Smith, Smith with yeah. a Y. Great. Yeah. Um who is a, a British chef who has a restaurant called Core in London and who was a judge on Final Table on Netflix. Yeah, and they, she is said to be the best female chef in the entire world. Yeah. Also, she looks tremendous in neon. Like, really, a vision in neon. And I just, like, it made me think about neon in a whole new way. Incredible. Uh, also, our, our good friend Marcus, Marcus Samuelson from Red Rooster, who won Top Chef Masters Season 2. Sure. Uh, Beautiful Janice eyelashes. Janice Wong, who has a, is a Singapore-based pastry artist. Um and I think pastry artist is a good way to describe it. She makes, like, she's had, like, museum installations of her pastries. It's crazy. Um, wow. And, and then um, an Italian chef plus Dario and Hunter. So anyway, just just fascinating and, and intimidating table. And I thought actually Marcus had was really interesting because Marcus was the one who referred to one of Brian's dishes, I believe, as beguiling, mm. which is such a word. Oh, I think that was Hunter. That was the uh, food and wine guy. He called was it? it was Mr. Magazine. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Magazine. The beats, oh. the beats beguiling. Okay. I take yeah. that back. Yeah. Which, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Marcus still, was making up for Tom's like lack of brim. He like brought twice as much hat brim to the table, <laughs> strong brim, which game. I also respected. I like him. I like a brim on him for sure. Um, uh, the only, I guess, the only weird decision. So there's two decisions that I thought were really interesting. One I thought was questionable, and one I thought was brilliant. And then both, but both of them worked out fine. But the questionable one was that um, Melissa changed her dish based on the way Tom cooked his dish the night before. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it does seem like if you're going to copy something from somebody, making it the head judge and yesterday seems like you might remember. 
And it was he just didn't the mention technique. It? it was just the technique. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, that's like she grilled a, a bird. You know, that's a one very common way to cook it. I don't think he would have been like mm, someone learned from me. She, like she explicitly acknowledged the connection. Yeah, that she I said she a did, good though. idea, but like. I don't think he would have been like, no, she copied my dish. <laughs> I, yeah, thought, yeah. I, I believe she grilled like, something in Italy in a kitchen where there's a grill. Like, dirty girl. I just would have expected <laughs> if he had been like, hey, grilled squab. That sounds familiar. That's what I expected. Like, we, we thought when they showed up for that dinner, it also happened after Tom's like very passive, aggressive, like judgment pass. Like his flyby where he made everyone second guess all of their life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That is his awful superpower. But we also thought that, like, when they showed up, Tom was going to be like, I made all the dishes you described. Let's see if you can beat them. (laughs) (laughs) And he did make a lasagna and squab. Yeah. It's true. He did. did. Oh, yeah. That that definitely happened. Although Gail did the lasagna and it was like. Every year? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, he also mentioned that he makes Brian's fish stew every Christmas Eve. It's his favorite thing in the world. Oh, yeah. And that he's very familiar with the dish that Stephanie was uh, cooking as well. Yes, yes. He's like, oh, I do that this way. (laughs) I know every food. Hi, I'm Tom. (laughs) (laughs) I know every food. (laughs) So Um, interesting, that lasagna that uh, Gail presented, um, that was basically just, it was one layer of lasagna. Yeah. yeah, it looked. I was I was transfixed. I've I've thought about that lasagna. I mean, we just finished the episode, but I would say I think about that lasagna presentation every couple of minutes, and I don't know how long it will haunt me. But it's I'm just really fascinated. And and I, was just, like, I was like, what is that? And then she's like, it's a lasagna. And I was like, is it Gail? Is that a lasagna? <laughs> like, I trust you more than I trust my knowledge of any food, really. But I, yeah. oh, I suddenly and, felt uh, like I was coming upon a Duchamp bicycle wheel and being like, is this art? <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> the, uh, from that dinner, the thing that I wanted the most right away was uh, Padma's chutney with just a huge chunk of goat cheese on it. Oh that God. looked so delicious. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, the other decision I just want to highlight from the cooking process was from Stephanie, who was making this shrimp dish wrapped in a nest. And uh, she was going to put it in the food ruiner and then decided not to. Mm-hmm. Which, given this season's history with those weird ovens, is like the most brilliant decision. And it was like, this is going to be impossible to cook these perfectly. And then she did. Yeah. So, so huge knocks out of the park on that one. So Not using the food router. Yeah. Oh, and man. that was the story. That was the one where she told the story that made the whole judge's table cry talking about her brother. And then was like, anyway, this is because he liked fried shrimp and then cracked everybody up. It was just a, a really... Uh, touching and hilarious moment yeah that was that was great and i i love seeing you know such emotion from the judges who get to know these chefs so well you know oh yeah mm-hmm. when when people were like being sneaky a few weeks ago and being like i thought padma might be crying when she said someone was top chef i could see it with any of them like she they just seemed so connected especially that dinner the night before they seemed like the six of you are friends now Aww. and i love it I know that yeah. the finalists are friends because we saw this week that uh, from one of their Instagram that the bunch of, all, all three of them Instagrams. jumped on. A, yeah, they did yeah. the they did the music video together, but also they were like they did a they just like jumped on a Zoom call to just hang out this week and talk cute. about their feelings going into it. Yeah, they're so cute. Oh, I love the, I love friendship. Yeah, <laughs> just yes. crying again thinking about that. 
the the real Top Chef is the friends you make along the way. If we yeah. ever get sports again, can we just make it so like all people who are like playing each other in the finals of things, they all have to be besties? Have to be best. Yeah, I love it. We like, can have like, more more edits about how there actually just aren't that many people who play sports at the level of the people that are in the finals, and now they're yeah, all, and they all know each other and have admired each other for a long time. Like as they're all like you know like waving and patting each other on the field chris is always like yeah they're all friends behind the scenes and i'm like but could we see that a little more please <laughs> that is my favorite part of any like of any game was when they all give hugs to each other at the end like yeah. i love it like yeah, just, i love the hug time i, I stick around for you the know hug what times. i think would help is if the night before the game the two they they get together in casual clothes and the two coaches mm. play a game against each other for them to watch i was gonna say just yeah. make them food. and then they're like go ahead and judge us we know we've earned it <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh. Oh, and speaking of charm, I also just want to say I thought malarkey in the kitchen was the precisely needed amount of tension cutting. Mm. Yes, his silliness was so perfect for how stressed everybody was to keep things from getting too out of control. Yeah, I, he was great. And Kevin's fake like smack talk was also really really funny. Yeah, I, yeah it was, was also yeah. great. It was reinforcing yes. how like much they all like each other. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, Kevin's I feel like a lot of Kevin's lines are that level of funny where I just end up shouting exactly what he just said out loud into my living room just because I'm so tickled by it. <laughs> I'm like, that was a great joke. Let me also repeat it. Dude, let <laughs> me try let that? me try saying it. Let me have the fun of saying it. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last thing you do really before we jump into the mailbag is just kind of going through the the meals. Um or like your feelings on how the judging was like we know that melissa comes out ahead did you feel that the whole way do you feel like the edit showed you that was happening or they masked it really well they made a really good case for really any of them for everybody yeah but especially i would say melissa and brian felt very neck and neck until the the judges table started for me um Mm -hmm. you know brian's food was just so formidable he started off on just the best possible foot yeah, it definitely sounded like courses. he won the first dish. Yeah, first, that, and yeah. he was at least you know in the running for the second, and then you know the dessert was really hard because the the edit on the criticism for Melissa's was as much of a criticism as was against anybody's. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Brian's dessert was also really good. Vault was his. Um, he made squid ink focaccia. He made like oh, yeah. black as the night bread. Yeah. Which is stunning which visually. It's right? so incredible looking. Um, and also apparently was a little dry. And so there was like people were like there was some some displeasure with that. Well, it wasn't just dry, it refused to soak up broth. Which which yes, to me reads right. as claggy, that it might have been a little claggy, oh. that it wasn't I don't that's know what claggy means. I love that. Tell me more about claggy, Chris. Slightly uh, you know, maybe, soggy you and dense. The Great British baking show. Yeah, Great British Baking Show. You know when I watched a lot of it. Yeah, they, yeah, they say a, that word yeah. all the oh, time, dude. Oh, that comes dude. up all the time. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I always thought they were saying something else, like that one time when um, when Mary Berry thought that that guy was saying pancakes. What was the... Oh. Was it when she didn't know what a snickerdoodle was? That's what it was. There was, there was, yeah. there was a snickerdoodle <laughs> one? Did you make up that word? There was yeah. another one where I can't remember It was maple what... sugar. Oh, yeah. She thought they said like hairball sugar or something yeah. and she was just like i'm just gonna be curious and ask about this 
I'm not gonna look alarmed. Yeah, God, and, then it was uh, and she was cool. really relieved that it was maple sugar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was when she was uh, judging the the American. Yeah, it was um, the Americans with the same thing with Snickerdoodle yeah. episode. Anyway, um, yeah, but maybe Claudia, it was already I think like of like kind of like stodgy or like heavy or yeah, 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 heavy sounds right. Also, if it's if you're pre-soaked with ink, it would make sense that it wouldn't sop up yeah, uh, sauces. Yep, yeah. Yep. Um, um, I mean, I think for for the once we got to the third course i kind of felt like stephanie was out because that was the she, biggest yeah, yeah she lost it in her. the third first yeah. stumble on the milk braised veal was yeah uh, and she did her as it seems like a very as good a job as you could of recovering from what she from her mistake early on but the mistake totally. that that malarkey 100 percent noticed was like it's not a fat in this veal it's not gonna it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna it's gonna be dry up. it's yeah. not gonna braise up <laughs> yeah. yeah but um but yeah i mean i, I thought like I wasn't sure, but I thought I could see where it's like, okay, maybe Melissa has an edge in that. Like, it seems like what she's doing is new in a way that like that Mm -hmm. if you, Mm -hmm. if you're technically Mm -hmm. on the same like level, then like if you're breaking new ground that, that can usually uh, like, uh, yeah, give you, give you the, like the, the, that's how I felt um, was like that. She, like, I felt like after the third course, when Padma said it comes down to dessert, I felt like she was just keeping everybody excited and that it seemed like it was Melissa right there and less dessert was terrible. Cause right. the only thing was maybe it was a little bit sweet in the, in the uh, octopasti, mm-hmm. but everything else was so perfect. And I think it was on the, it was on the second course where Marcus said that it was completely original food. That was where I felt like they're just talking about this, about her food on a, it's just a different category. And yeah. the other two are brilliant, and she's brilliant, and also inventing. She's she's out of the book, you know. She's just like 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 making new stuff up, and I I felt like that was such a strong, a strong feeling that they were maybe playing up the competitiveness to keep it exciting. But I felt like at that point it was probably hers. Yeah, that's, that's certainly what it felt like, you know, in retrospect as well. Yeah, but it's I was like still I don't know. It's like just to jump back. It seemed like the whole time they weren't like painting anyone as like making big mistakes outside of right. no uh, Stephanie's veal. It's like they did a really good job of making them sound like the best chefs in the world. Yeah, and that's what I want from a. This is exactly what I want a finale to be like. I want them to be friends. I want them to hug. I want them to goof around. I want them to all do nearly flawless food, and I want all the judges to just feel like they're lucky to be at that meal. And perfect. I think all boxes ticked on that regard, you know? Yeah. Like the yeah. food, even from, you know, who we think was third place, Stephanie seemed great. Yeah. So, oh yeah. I mean like Stephanie's food, it seems like the one that I would probably like have the most fun eating the, regularly. Like she's just her, her, like the sticky toffee pudding. Just so good. It's just sure. Mm-hmm. I eat a sticky toffee pudding any day. I would it's, just, it, yeah. Yeah. Isn't and she's doing it flawlessly. And just her, her, she made pasta three days in a row in Italy flawlessly. Mm. Like it's just, just such an impressive, impressive thing. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be into the veal, but everything else is super. And I, yeah, just her. I'd, I'd like her gnocchi and all that. Also, Stephanie's second course, the um, the pasta in the broth looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was such an incredible. She dish. got so much flavor in there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did like they, it when Nilu said that the chicken feet did their work. <laughs> <laughs> Nilu, I mean, like, she was trying to yeah. get a lot of time in from not be not being 
on the season as much as when Gail, she was filling in for Gail. Like Neela seemed yeah. to be, like trying to get her reps in. She's getting her her um, pull quotes ready. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun table. Also, especially after that uh, um, table last week or two weeks ago that seemed very stern. This table seemed like they were fun, par- partially because um, uh, Carne was there. But they just seemed like they were a little more um, just they were just impressed. And I want to see the judges seem like they're bowled over. That's what yeah. I want. It always helps when the food's incredible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just and also we didn't actually talk much about this, but like I love a no twist finale. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This I was... like just cook your best meals and get a good sous chef and shop at good places. Yeah. Just Remember, do it up. What was it? Celebrate. Was it a hen? Was the one where they were like, hey, surprise, you're on stage and we're doing it course by course. Oh, that mm. was uh, yeah. yeah. No, that was Kristen. Uh, yeah, Tim was, was Kristen, so it wasn't but her. Was there no, also was one Kish. where they were like, actually, there's another course you have to cook? Like, I think that also has yeah. been a twist in the past. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, Hung season definitely did that. Um, and I think uh, the f- season four did that too. Yeah. Um, Stephanie. Yeah, it was it was Kish that was on. It was because it was it was uh, Kish and Brooke Williamson were on the the stage at the end of that season. Oh, and it was like weird. one course, one win, and then Kish won before the even the last course, I believe. Yeah, anyway, it was just that's it's like such a weird, disappointing way. This is how I like a finale to feel. Just in, just incredible judges who are also impressed. Yeah. Did you guys uh, notice at judges table that they were like they were going to start counting courses and they're like, well, Brian definitely won the first course. And then they stopped talking about who won courses because yeah. it was very clear that Melissa won the rest of them. I, that's I mean, somebody pointed out last week on Reddit about Paul's season where there was a, a blog or an interview where Tom had said that on Paul's season, he had to like they had to be very careful not to compliment him as much as he deserved because it made the season too obvious. Like they were toning down how much praise they gave him so it didn't give it away and there was some there was some conspiracy theory on reddit that maybe they were doing a little of that with melissa and i felt like they might have done that on the edit today they were just if they had been as clear as they felt with melissa's stuff it might have been a giveaway well, i did I, think the edit was a little confusing because they did um they gave some critiques at the table that never came up at judges table yeah um mm. and uh yeah i just i thought i thought it was the one like, that it jumps like, to mind is it, melissa's first dish being too sweet and, and they didn't talk about that at all at the judges table right and also i think the dessert um uh there were critiques about the desserts uh, that they didn't mention i think um, yeah brian's Brian and dessert Melissa's. yeah um and i think it, it, like it for me as a viewer it just kind of like it's like this uh you know loose thread that i'm like well uh I want to have like some resolution there where they're like, well, this is why, you know, this doesn't matter as much to us. I think that totally. it's totally right that they were probably just trying to keep things exciting and like, you know, mention I probably the critiques that they brought up at judges table were just larger critiques. Um, and, and the things that were mentioned at the dining table were smaller, but it, it, it is kind of like confusing as a viewer when I, those things don't get mentioned yeah. again. Yep. I agree. Um, I think with Brian, with with Volts, like the dessert, they talked about a few of them said they were expecting to have a liquid center and it didn't, which is kind of not his fault, I guess, um, that you decided that. Um, but like they thought the mousse was a little thick and they thought the chocolate shell was maybe too thick. But then a judge's table, I can't remember who it was, just said like, well, it might have been Neelu? It was, it was just Gale. like, it was Gail. Just 
I loved that Brian's dessert and just talked about how incredible that dessert was. Um, so it did feel like maybe they were in disagreement about that or just like, yeah, maybe it just sometimes it changes in your memory and you forget the little disappointment that you made up for yourself and just remember the flavor. But yeah, I, I totally agree that that thread was dangling a little bit there. Um, I think that's a, I think that's enough from us. I would like to hear what you have to say. Um, so we're going to take a little dip in Megan's mailbag. You can get in touch with Megan by going to packyourmics.com. We're also on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And of course, you can send us an email, mailbag at packyourmics.com. Megan, what's in your bag for one final time this season? Sure. Um, we have a, an email from Jared. Uh, Jared writes, I'm convinced Melissa wouldn't have won if Carney Man hadn't cried during the dessert (laughs) round. What is your take? Jared, do you think uh, Dario's tears were persuasive? (laughs) I think uh, for the edit, it was persuasive in showing how much that was beloved as much as it bounced out the critique of the less, the, you know, needed more spice. But... I think as we've discussed, you know, just yeah. just recently here on the show, you know, I think for the judges, it was probably pretty clear that Melissa was on just another level. I I agree that I thought it was already there before, but I do not want to downplay how much it seemed like that affected Padma and Tom. I think them seeing Dario that moved like definitely had it had an influence on them. They may have already decided, but still they were like they they found that to be very affecting. Yeah, it definitely didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, for sure not. Um, didn't hurt me. Made me very happy. Ali Wright. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. <laughs> Ali Wright. We'll see you again sometime. <laughs> uh, this this was possibly my favorite hashtag Top Chef finale ever. <laughs> Sorry, this was on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That. You don't have to read the hashtags. Top Chef. Yeah. I wanted to eat everyone's pasta, but especially Brian's lasagna. Yeah, so especially because we meant we're talking about how Gail's lasagna was an interesting look. Brian's was very opposite of hers, where he he had a lot of layers, and yeah. it was more home style than a lot of his other food. But I also thought it was a very, it was a nice way to pre- present uh, lasagna, which is like inherently one of the ugliest foods. Yeah, Alex yeah. and I were talking about. I mean, obviously, we're like, you know, not chefs at all. We're, and, we're a few rungs uh, below Brian Votaggio on the chef scale. We're we're uh, we're not so good, but um, we do know that lasagna is very difficult to cut and like make it look like nice. Yeah. Like you know, it's always like, oh, this lasagna tastes good, but it looks kind of just like a pile of uh, it's a pile of food. stuff. Food and, and, and a, when you cut into it, it always like the uh, getting a good clean cut on the noodles without pulling noodle other noodle in. Or mm. basically, my theory is you 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 cut into it and then you get anything attached to it is also yours. So you pull that oh, piece. Oh, it's the nacho rule. Yeah, nacho rule. Exactly. You get <laughs> other pieces and parts of pieces along with it. And sorry, other people. And his is, was so beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was basically the most beautiful lasagna I've, I've ever seen. One yeah. thing that, that helps cut that lasagna is if you're making the pasta. Because like, I think the biggest thing mm-hmm. with making uh, lasagna at home is you're using box noodles that yeah. mm-hmm. don't want to come apart. And if yeah. you're making like a fresh lasagna sheet and like laying it over top, that's going to be the softest pasta. That's such a good point. Yeah, that's the yeah, one thing. Yeah, and then that a nice sharp knife and you're, you're away to the races. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. 
Oh my gosh. I'm just imagining myself trying to make my own pasta and then making lasagna. Whenever I make lasagna, it takes me like literally three hours. Yeah, you're like, like now what? I have to make a separate dinner? I don't get credit for the pasta noodle. I made pasta and that's Uh, just a tool. Now, I will say making lasagna noodles, it's the easiest possible noodle to make because if you have a roller, you just roll it out and you don't have to cut it at all. Yeah, then you don't. It's like you do step one and then you're there. Yeah. Have you ever made spatzel? Uh, no, I've not made made spatzel. You just like make pasta dough, and you don't roll it out. You just kind of like grab some of it and throw it in a. Pan. <laughs> oh yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. good. <laughs> it's so delicious. You make they're like little dumplings. Oh man, I love spatzel. Spatzel like... is like is like the kids' uh, pasta making. I think. So what are the other like quit partway through uh, dishes uh, where you just don't have to finish it and it's just this is good as it is. Um, interesting. I mean, scrambled eggs is kind of like an omelet that you don't really have to fill. <laughs> an omelet you it's gave true. up on yeah you, an omelet you give up on halfway through that's the truth it's basically how every time i've tried to make an omelet um, it's all omelets it, it turns out as scrambled eggs <laughs> you can maybe um, see like yeah. tacos are if like you just are sauteing something and you're like you know what i'm just gonna oh. put this in a tortilla there's some like, <laughs> on top of it very true Perfect. Also, Ezra. salad, you just cut it up and put it in a bowl and you, maybe you were going to cook it, but not anymore. I kind of feel that <laughs> way about a wedge salad. Like what? You just didn't want to toss it. You just, you sort just of... didn't want to finish cutting up the like lettuce or cabbage or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. How about a twice baked potato, Ezra? Sometimes I give up on it halfway through. Oh, just it's just a baked potato. potato. And then it's just a baked potato. <laughs> um, awesome. What else, Megan? Uh, we have a message from Jenna. Hi, Jenna. This was absolutely the best finale in all 17 seasons. And we wa- rewatched all the seasons in this past year. Whoa. In the background of many videos wow. of my one-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Even in the, the busy year of newborn, you watched 16 seasons of Child no, that, that's It's that, the best year. For that, that is, yeah, that is what oh, you, really? Yeah, no, you got a lot of time because like they're asleep at different times and sometimes they're asleep on uh, you. And so you just have free eyes, but like you can't really move. So it's, year one is TV year and then year two TV consumption cuts way back. It, it switches to them, basically. It's, so it's yeah, like it's their TV. When, when Caleb was born, I watched all of Gossip Girl. And, yes. and also, all of the World Cup. All of the World Cup also, yeah. So it was World Cup Jet twenty fourteen. Uh, Regardless of the hour, just you were there. You always got yeah, you always got the cup. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're gonna have if if you want a time where you could watch European schedules, it sounds like is when a kid yeah. wakes up in the middle of the night. Well so our yeah, I mean our so our friends uh you know, Brian and Megan, they're just about to have uh have a kid, uh, and they had the Olympics all like lined up for them. Uh and then oh. no. So yeah. Oh, well, I guess sucks. it's just all of Top Chef instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you just have to watch 16 seasons of Top Chef, including the ones where they kind of pretended it was the Olympics. So at least they got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jenna continues, these three chefs were perfect yeah. and all deserve to be there by the end. Mid-season, yep. I thought Stephanie should have gone, even though she's hilarious, but she really turned it around since Restaurant Wars. Yep. Yes. She became just so much happier and made me smile every time she was on screen. Uh, she made it to the finale and she earned it. I'm so happy for her and her journey this season. Yeah, the, we yeah, don't. I wanted yeah. to talk. I wanted to talk about that and just call it out because, like, hearing her, like, sort of, like, at judges' table, talk about how, like, happy she was with everything and, like, yeah. her no regrets. Like the the pride she felt in how she personally grew grew over the season was really, really touching. 
And, yes. and we saw her growth was also like it seemed like her emotional ability, like her getting over this emotional rut she'd been in. And so then she was not only getting better and it was making her happy, but she was also cooking happy, which made her cooking so much better. And watching that, um, like uh, the positive circle, whatever that's called. Yeah. Um, positive, feedback positive feedback loop. Yeah. Yeah. And like a, you know, like a really meaningful shout out to the like lifelong journey that is grief and that it doesn't just yeah. like, yeah. it's not like, oh, a really tough couple of weeks. It's like, no, a year and a half later, I'm sad in ways that my friends and family find troubling. And I am trying to find ways to like yeah. update this conversation. And it's not about just like erasing being sad, but about like updating like what I'm about and how I'm going to go forward. Yeah. yeah that, the way she, she said, like, let's talk about this for a little while now. Oh my God. Yeah. No, actually, I, I think Tony, that, that kind of, I think it's such a good call because it kind of, I mean, it made me sad the way she talked about where it's like, she said, maybe she said that I was sad in a way that like hurt other people. And to yeah. me, that says like, I wonder if like maybe we don't have a lot of great understanding of grief uh, in like, uh, and or space for it, uh, where it's just like, it's, it's a, it was tough for the people around her to be around her, I guess. And I don't think that yeah. was necessarily a fault on her part, right? This is like, no, she was going to, yeah, the, she's feeling guilty for feeling bad, which is like just that's the other, that's the bad circle. Yeah. 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 Her, her growth this year is beautiful. It was just incredible to watch. And, and, uh, I, I agree. I think she, like the first, she had some stumbles in the first half of the season. And so to watch her be cooking this well in the finale is so amazing. Also, I, I, the only thing I thought, as far as this being a perfect finale, I'm like uh, 100% there. The only thing that I did feel was when Gregory popped up again during the champagne celebration. I just thought for one moment about how I would have loved to have seen his finale meal. Yeah. 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 That would have been really nice. Yeah. He looked and still I just, so pained to he me. Did, he did. not look like standing I was, was fun. I was like, please tell me you got some sort of like padded plexiglass dolly and you just wheeled him out. <laughs> So he had to do almost uh, no physical work to get there. It's like just when was like, was on a parade Gregory, float. Just like pat him gently on an <laughs> extremity that he indicates is fine. <laughs> he did say right on, on, on Instagram that his back is better now, right? He did say that this has not been a permanent yeah. debilitating thing. Yeah. yeah. But it lingers. I mean, back stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Back, back stuff are, comes back. back. Listen, you yeah. always have a spine and spines are flawed. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a questionable design. Yeah, we weren't we weren't supposed to use the spines the way humans use spines. So you know. yeah, good luck so to true. all of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a grim way to end it, Sarah. Oh, it's just real. It's just extremely real. And that's so Top real. Chef, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of your spines, people. Work those obliques with your legs. Yeah. We'll go to an email from Annabella. Annabella writes, I can't remember the last time this show made me so emotional. Yeah. I was yeah. very close to tears many times, which is unusual for me. The chefs calling their family and friends made me emotional. Tom and Padma and Gail cooking for them yep. made me emotional. Every time someone teared up during the episode, I teared up too. Yep. I love watching people do what they're best at. Love watching people be successful. It made me happy. And that's exactly what the finale delivered. Yep. Melissa is a very deserving winner. She was incredible all season. I was pretty sure she was going to win it all because the chefs at the table kept highlighting how creative and how successful the combination of Italian and cuisine, Chinese cuisine was to the point that it made a grown man cry. Oh, couldn't agree more. 100%. I agree with every every point you make and I would subscribe to your newsletter. Also, just yeah, want to point out that grown men have grown tear ducts, also fully functioning. <laughs> 
Yeah, gr- it, grown men yeah, not crying it, is a social it construct. Broke down the social one. barriers that grown men usually point to to say, <laughs> "I would never cry here," and instead, yeah. you know what? Going for it. That's true. So, Actually, that's the real power of of, of the the Chinese Italian uh, food fusion is that it breaks down social uh, constructs, and that's that's what we should really uh, be applauding. I do want to know now, like how often Dario cries at food. I'm curious. I don't like, think maybe it's that often. Because if Tom was, is like, you know what, this is important. It made Dario cry, and Dario is like, but in fairness, I cried at oatmeal in the hotel this morning. <laughs> I mean, also, I guess, well, I guess I'll say, look, he eats a lot of meat. Meat makes you sweat. I think this is just basically like, it's different place I food sweat. sweat. He's it's getting sweat. the meat sweats in his eyes. Yeah, but it comes from the heart. <laughs> yeah, he wears his heart on his sleeve. I mean, just like him cleaning every single plate was increasingly hilarious over well, the Well, and also meal. increasingly like, scary to me because that's a lot of food. Oh, my God. It reminded me of when we ate in his restaurant, and that was the most amount of food I have ever eaten. So I feel like he just <laughs> is all about eating all the food. Do not waste used the food. To it. Yeah. Yeah. 16 courses. Yeah, I feel like he starts meals like Stevie Wonder starts songs. Like he's already at a nine and the song has just begun. And he's just like ready to take you higher than you've ever gone before. He had more more head like head swaying when he was doing it though. Yeah. That's true. Oh man. Uh, well, this is perfect for this uh, message from Dave. Dave writes a petition must be started to make Dario a permanent judge. I like it. I loved him already. Uh, Sorry, I loved him already, seeing him show off his clean plates each yeah. course. Being brought to tears by Tiramisu sealed the deal. For Tiramisu. <laughs> I mean, Wait, that was from somebody, were... wasn't it? Didn't somebody else? Wasn't there an email that was... Oh, yeah. Jared's uh, Jared's subject line was Tiramisu. Tiramisu. Okay, I'm so sorry, Jared. I didn't mean to steal that from you and get credit for it. Excellent work. All right, I would I'll end with like the... Italian Top Chef featuring Dario... Chef Tasty, and maybe like one of the really mean judges from last week. Oh, and one of the truffle dogs. Both the truffle dogs. Oh, yes. And Giotto. (laughs) (laughs) Like a Top Chef Queer Eye hybrid where their like dog at the studio is one of the truffle dogs. Yes. Oh, yeah. We've ruined him by keeping him inside and doting on him so much instead of just yelling at him in the woods. But it's okay because we love him. Can't release him back into the wild. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. All right. Speaking of uh, other shows, um, another Jane writes, and I'll end on this. Hooray. Did you guys all notice that this was the most recent show? Uh, sorry, the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race all over again. I Melissa is Jada Essence Hall, the winner, <laughs> flawless and effortless. Stephanie is Crystal Method, the comedic long shot, most improved. And Brian Voltaggio is Gigi Good. The robotic perfectionist who over tweezes. A wonderful <laughs> season. Oh. I'll be crying into my tiramisu until next year. Over tweezes is a really good comparison. I love That's that. brilliant, Jane. That's um, I have not seen that. I've never watched that show, but that is. Um, I mean, it makes it sound a little more formulaic than I like to think Top Chef is, but that is, it's incredible that they compare that way. Um, you guys, speaking of other shows, so that's the mailbag. Thank you, everybody submitted. And we are recording a little early this week to accommodate um, eating baked goods that Sarah and Kyle made tomorrow, um, in our case, or baking in their case. Um, we record a little early, so we might not get um, everybody's comments in. Obviously, if we were hearing this, we didn't get your, and we didn't see your comment. That's what happened. Um, but we really appreciate everybody writing in this season. It's been so nice to hear from all of you, um, from our regulars and from our former regulars who are too busy. We hope you guys are doing well. Before we go, two more things. Um, in addition to just thanking you, um, everybody, for listening, and also you guys for podcasting with me for just an incredible season. I've had so much fun. 
Um, two things though. One, a prediction. Do you guys still think Tom can come back and win? <laughs> and yeah. two, um, this is actually for everybody at home. What do we what do we do next? What do we where do we go from here? So we talked about this uh off the air last week, but I wanted to bring it to the listeners' attention. So you know, we have been having having a good time hanging out. We're not quite ready to end that. Um, so we're not sure what our next project is going to be, but we're probably going to do some more podcasting. So we some some things we've talked tossed around are um, watching a different reality show together is one. Watching Top Chef Canada is another. We just there was a Top Chef Canada season that went by while this was happening, so we might go back and try to scoop that up. I'm definitely going to watch it either way. Um, but we might try to scoop that up. Um, or we also talked about going back and doing a rewatch club, um, pretending we had a newborn and watching some earlier season of Top Chef. Um, our, like our the, gut the, reaction. Yeah, and that's the like all stars rewind option too, right? Like, yeah. Because we didn't actually do that season because we weren't doing this yet when that to the previous all star season happened. Yeah. Watching the previous all star season would be an option. Watching that was six, right? Or eight. That was eight. Um, yeah eight so we could go back and watch eight watch the previous all-stars we also talked about going back and doing 10 with Kristen kish and brooke williamson and sheldon because that was the year before we started so we'd be like filling in um more linearly also because that season is about seattle and half this panel uh is from seattle and so i would love to hear your thoughts on seattleness um also um uh no i think that was all i, I, had, anyway, actually, I, had, I, had, I had a new pitch uh that, new pitch that, okay yeah. bring it up I, it's not. This is the the definition of half baked. But we learn how to cook. Or something. in the case of a bit of twice baked potato, yes. singly baked, just, just baked. Uh, but yeah, no. That that I mean that I think we all have interest in the actual cooking stuff. So what if we sort of shifted to like us trying to make some things, basically, uh, where oh. there'd be say like a some kind of dish that we each would try to make essentially uh, uh, for the week, uh, and we would then like kind of like talk through it. I don't know if there's like a TV component to it, but that was another thing where it's like. What if people yeah, people want to like cook alongside us uh, um, and or, yeah, we learn how to cook a thing and get better on that side. That is so intimidating to me because I feel like I am easily the worst chef of the or the worst cook of the group here. Well, easily. Yeah, we, we, we won't know. You could just tell yeah, us it was just, great. Also the worst liar of the group. I don't know if that's You true. could just um, make a list where it's like everyone is, you know, it's everyone's ranking and you're always at the top. That's fine. <laughs> I will win this podcast. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Okay, so that's an interesting idea too. We can. Uh, so here's what I would like: is I would like all of our wonderful listeners at home to jump back into Megan's mailbag, ding 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 ding, and um, just let us know what if you have a of a preference on all of that, and we will take those under advisement um, or other suggestions of things you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, I'm not, I'm not married to it being topical. I'm not married to it being television. I just like hanging out with you guys on the weekends. So. I'm open to a lot of things. Um, what about like a bad like, kind of podcast, but then like becomes like mostly <laughs> TV and then movies and then like kind of just, just goes off the rails a lot. Uh, so that's a heck of a pitch, man. That sounds like a hundred dollar <laughs> idea right there. <laughs> Amortized over 10. Um, I, yeah. So whatever you guys are interested in hearing from us, I would just love your, your, your contributions. Um, I think the, the rewatch club is the most logical direction for us to go. And that's not always what we do, but I'm open either way. So anyway, please get in touch. Let us know what you guys would like to hear. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out this season, you guys. It's been such a delight. Perfect ending. Finito. Thanks for joining me, Megan. 
Thank you. Thanks for holding down the mailbag. You've done an incredible job this season. I have seen how much work it is, and I appreciate you doing all of it. Um, thanks for hanging out, Ez and Sarah and Moana. Thank yeah. you. Oh, we also saw a uh, first episode of uh, Padma's show. Oh, oh, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> that show made me hungrier than almost any food show I've ever watched. That taco with the cheese layer flipped yeah. over oh my god oh god uh yeah that we, we also watched that it was great and also what a, an amazing host padma is we were talking about this too like and having watched her kind of grow into her confidence over years on on top chef from the earlier seasons where she felt like maybe she was like trying to be more of just a presenter to later being like my opinions are important and like saying really insightful things and being a great host and just watching other shows where it's so hard to do that job yeah. And then she just does the spin-off show where she's brilliant at it. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're gonna watch the rest of is it Taste of the Nation? Taste of oh. the Nation. Yeah. Taste of the Nation. I was confusing with Talk of the Nation. I guess that, yeah, that's Taste on the, the table nation. too. We could talk about that. That could be another one. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Each that's, week we're gonna definitely talk of the nation. Um, yeah, or we could watch the rest of I guess Padma's show. We could have a have a bonus episode where we finish Taste Taste the Nation. Anything with the word um, nation in it we watch. Um yeah. Um, I have to go. <laughs> I'll see you for national treasure. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, uh, Chris and Tanya. My hankies uh, were all wet. Okay, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This totally has been an uh, incredible season. Thank you so much, and uh, and also Alex, thank you for hosting and for your uh, weekly episode write-ups. Yeah, oh, Alex. you're so welcome, guys. Yeah, I, so. I appreciate that very much. Um, I'm no Padma, but I am happy to be here with you guys. And uh, thanks for joining us for again for a full season, uh, new Sarah and Kyle. It's been it's been such a delight having you guys. It's been great. We've had an amazing time, and yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you. We'll, we'll, we're we're we'll, crying over this tiramisu. <laughs> well, uh, we will see you tomorrow briefly. Yay! Uh, all right. Um, thanks, everybody. We'll be we'll be back again someday. Wait, I Alex. Think. Which one, which of us won? Oh, hey, Chris, you are top podcaster. Oh my god! Hey, Isn't that crazy? Oh. I went from getting eliminated every single week to somehow but being the arbitrary name on the end of the show. You always won on the web only um, uh, last chance podcast. Yeah, well, until I see Tom hand over that briefcase full of soda water money, uh, <laughs> I believe that he could take it for himself. I like the idea that it's just made out of soda water. I love that part when Melissa was like, when, when Pat was like, you just won a quarter of a million dollars. And she was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> that's so much money. Oh, that's great. Anyway, I'm very happy for her. Sorry, Chris, you, our budget is smaller. You won 250 pounds of flour. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. I'll, t- I'll take it. Unwieldy. Good, good thing you guys uh, reorganized your kitchen. So you're going to need yes. some space. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for reminding me as I almost forgot. All right. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Nope. Not that one. Nope. <laughs> not that one either. <laughs> uh, Never gets any easier. Great way to-